0: Welcome to the Equine Connection podcast, where health, nutrition, and love for the horse come together. This podcast is brought to you by Tribute Superior Equine Nutrition. I'm Dr. Chris Mortensen.
1: And I'm Dr. Nicole Rambo.
0: Welcome back, Nicole. I think this is a perfect topic to kind of talk about what you're experiencing right now outside.
1: We are in the middle of a polar vortex. So, yes, this is a very (laughs) timely topic.
0: I'm so glad I grew up in California and lived in Florida and the Carolinas because the snow, it it just, I mean, how many feet are you getting this week? Well,
1: you know, we actually haven't had that much snow. There's, I don't know, probably eight or 10 inches of accumulation, but it's just been bitterly cold. So that's kind of the major thing that we have to adapt to is just very, very cold temperatures.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, growing up in California, it's like any snow. You're like, oh, my goodness. You know, it's just anything that sticks to the ground, just not used to it. But, yeah. So, you know, we're, we're going to touch on this again, some more winter management tips because it's, it's very timely. And we did have a winter support for your horse podcast we released a few weeks ago that was kind of talking more about calories and energy. So I think my, you know, first thing, just to kind of a quick review for the listeners is – How does energy change going into winter for a horse?
1: So, when it gets colder, horses do have to expend more energy to maintain their own body temperature. The amount they have to expend really depends on what weather they're adapted to and then how low temperatures get. So most people face situations where horses may lose some weight during the winter because they do have to expend that extra energy. That is not to say that some horses maintain really well because they're working less during the winter. So you do have to be mindful of what your exact situation is. But the most common thing is, oh, it's cold. I need to feed a little bit more to maintain my horse's body weight.
0: Right. And we talked a little bit on the feeding strategy. So you think it's worth briefly mentioning, you know, how we support them during the winter, because we'll talk more about this in this podcast.
1: The big thing to remember is that hay is going to work in your favor because horses ferment hay in their hindgut and that creates heat. So the first thing we want to do is to maximize how much hay we are feeding so we can really work with their physiology to help maintain their body temperature, particularly when we're talking about these really cold snaps. So you might have a couple days where the temperatures drop drastically. You may not need to make a long-term change to their diet, but for those couple days, you absolutely want to throw a little bit of extra hay to help them maintain their body temperature during those cold spells.
0: Right. And and so it was good you talked about the cold spells because it was making me think about you know, different locations. So one of the things I experienced in Florida and it really surprised me my first winter there, I I go outside, I'm, I'm working horses, I'm doing some ultrasounds, doing some preg checks, things like that. I go out and it's 18 degrees in Florida. And I'm like, (laughs) what is this? I'm like, this is Florida. It's supposed to be like 60, 70 degrees in the winter, hot, humid all the time. How does location play into this? Like I I imagine for going into winter for a horse owner, say in North Dakota is going to be a lot different planning wise for an owner that's down in Florida. Sure.
1: That 18 degree day in North Dakota would be balmy and be like, Oh my God, it's so warm. We're going to get a lot of stuff done outside today. We're in Florida. People are dying because they're so cold. I think the big thing to think about when you're going into winter is, what is my horse adapted to? So in North Dakota, that 18 degree day would be pretty warm. Those horses will have been adapted to that colder weather. So that's not going to be a big stressor on their system. Whereas those horses in Florida, when they're used to it being 60 degrees, that's a huge temperature swing. So that 18 degree day is going to be much more stressful on their system. So ultimately, no matter where you are during the winter, you have to think about it's not so much the actual outside temperature. It's how much that temperature is changing when it gets colder and how that impacts your horse and their energy needs. So that horse that lives up in North Dakota, you know, they'd be easily adapted to temperatures as low as five degrees Fahrenheit. So that's no big deal to them. Now with wind chills and a cold snap, they can get way down in the negatives. Then those horses are experiencing cold stress in that situation. So really your challenges are more so about How does the weather change? In some ways, I find it more difficult to manage horses in Ohio than I did in Minnesota. The ground froze in Minnesota. It stayed cold for a long duration of time. Whereas here in Ohio, we're having bigger temperature swings. You're dealing more with mud and then all of a sudden the mud is frozen and things like that. So it's more about managing the changes that happen than worrying about a specific temperature, for example.
0: Right, right. And it's you know planning for it you know going into winter i think one of the things you know i wanted to talk about or ask about is how would that influence pasture quality because you know down in florida i remember our winters i mean we still had grass out there it, it wasn't always the best or the quality wasn't the best in in the mid winter right in the, in the middle of it but i imagine you know in north dakota there is no pasture right i mean in in the they the heart of winter, there's just not much out there for for horses to graze on.
1: Yeah, it really depends on the environment. I mean, how much snow cover there is. In general, your winter pastures, if they're even productive at all, are going to be less nutrient dense than they are during your summer months um, or your spring and fall. When we're talking about areas that really are predominantly cool season grasses, those don't do great in the middle of summer, but they're very productive in the spring and fall. So I think the big thing to think about is managing your pastures through the winter to make sure they're productive the rest of the year. So, you know, once your pasture goes dormant, it's lower nutrient density. So even though the horses are eating it, it's not going to be as many calories or overall nutrients as when it's actually productive. And it's really easy to put too much stress on your pasture during those times. So it stops growing, but the horses keep grazing and roughly when you get below three to four inches of actual height, you start stressing that pasture and you're going to impact its ability to bounce back in the spring. So that's really something to think about. Should we be providing hay to take the pressure off of the pasture, both to provide extra nutrients for the horse and then also to maintain that pasture productivity year-round? I will say a lot of horses will choose to go graze on that little bit of stubble that's not very nutrient dense Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, versus mm -hmm. good quality hay. So in a lot of parts of the country, a dry lot's a really good investment and just keeps them off your pasture entirely in the winter. You know, there are some parts of the country where you can plant like cool season annuals, um, things like annual ryegrass, some of your small grains that are used for forage. Those can make really nice winter grazing. Of course, you have to plan a stand every single year, so they're more intensive to manage because they don't perpetuate year after year. But there are some options to extend your grazing almost year-round, depending on where you live. Obviously, if you live somewhere where you're covered in snow, you're not going to get year-round grazing because it's just simply Mm -hmm. nothing's going to grow when it's that cold.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and like we saw in Florida too. You know, the, the the pastures weren't as productive in the height of winter. So I think that would, as an owner you know, planning going into winter or in, in winter, how do I plan for forage part, the forage part of the diet? So, you know, how much hay should I store or should I be concerned with hay quality going into winter? Does it differ that drastically?
1: So your hay is going to quality wise be dependent on when it was harvested. So if it's, you know, harvested at a really mature stage, it's going to be less nutrient dense if it was cut when it was less mature. So higher, Fiber digestibility, lower lignin, that really is going to maintain its quality throughout the winter. So it's it's more so what is that quality of that hay when you purchase it. Most of the nutrient loss, you know, your vitamins and things like that, that essentially happens immediately. I will say the quality of your forage that you feed over the winter is going to dramatically impact, especially with the hard keeper, how much additional concentrate that you have to feed. Because remember, that makes up the bulk of the horse's Calories in their diet usually. So, if you're feeding a really low quality hay, you're going to find yourself supplementing more calories from the concentrate portion of your diet and probably feeding more hay on top of that. So, an investment in good quality hay is generally the best investment you can make. In terms of budgeting, I mean, ultimately, part of it depends on how much hay you can store. Not everyone can store all winter's worth of hay. I always like to add 10 or 20% to my budget, just expecting that, you know, there may be some hay shortages when it's time to buy hay. So I don't want to run that too close to my spring cuttings. Also anticipate that sometimes you might get some bales that they don't want to eat. So if, you know, you have a higher percentage of bales that just weren't put up correctly, that can really get you into a pinch. So either contracting out with your hay supplier, to have enough hay or budgeting in to get you a little bit past first cutting is generally the best way to do it so that you're not scrambling at the end of winter and paying really high hay prices.
0: Yeah, because that's really what, you know, you see the supply go down, you know, and especially, I mean, obviously years of drought and stuff can, can drastically impact that. I think that that would be a fascinating podcast in the future to kind of talk about that, you know, what do owners do you know, when, when there is no hay on hand or they, or it's very low quality hay on hand. So yeah, it's something we can definitely talk about in the future. I think another interesting aspect is, you know, when when looking at total diet, I always like to talk about water because I always started when talking about feeding horses, I always started with water because it's the most critical nutrient slash, you know, substance that, that we all need. So how does I guess, a horse's water needs during winter change?
1: Their total water needs generally don't change. I mean, if they were in really hard work and sweating a lot, you'd expect it to go down a bit in the winter. But most horses year-round are going to need roughly 10 gallons per day. Some will drink a little bit less. Some will drink more. It is interesting because... When they're out on pasture, they tend to drink less fluid water because that grass is a lot higher in water content than your hay. So you'll see that increase in water intake when they're on dry forage specifically because they're not getting as much water coming in from the forage part of their diet. One thing that definitely happens that as temperatures really decrease, many horses will decrease their water intake which that can become a problem, especially if you pair it with horses who aren't moving around very much. So gut motility goes down, they decrease their water intake. That's a recipe to increase your risk for an impaction colic. So that's definitely something that we need to manage around, particularly in these cold snaps.
0: No, yeah. It's, and I guess I would ask, how do you encourage them to drink during those times?
1: So there's actually a really interesting study that looked at this. So if you give horses the option to drink icy water, like water that's not heated, versus heated water, they will pick the cold water over the heated water, but they will drink less of it. So if you're looking to encourage water intake, one of the things you can do is make sure they only have one water source, and that water source has been warmed up. So actually 45 to 60 degrees would be the preferential temperature to have that water because they'll drink more warm water than they will cold water. But if they have two water options, one is warm, one is cold, they'll choose the cold water and drink less. It's actually a really interesting thing that happens. So that's one thing we can do to encourage water intake is to only offer heated water. And there's multiple ways that you can heat your water sources. The other thing we can do is either try to encourage the horse to drink more by providing salt in their feed. So we always recommend providing loose, free-choice salt that they can consume to the degree that they want. But actually adding a tablespoon of salt to their grain portion will make them thirstier. So you can stimulate some drinking reflex that way. The other thing that some people do is they'll make horses a mash. So we don't recommend changing their diet and like making a brand mash anymore because you don't want to add any additional changes when the body's already stressed by that cold spell. But you could add water to their regular grain and make a mash, you know, how much more water you actually get in the horse doing that way is probably questionable. I think a lot of them just end up drinking less water. But if you have a horse who just really doesn't drink well at all, that's one option because if you make a soupy mash, a lot of them will consume the soupy mash more readily than just water. I would tend to rely more on providing that warm water source as my number one thing to stimulate water intake.
0: Good, good. And I always... Always, always remind owners and and always my students was always check your water every day, especially automatic waters. I, I remember an instance where uh, the horse flipped up the 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 spoon portion that that caused water mm-hmm. to, to flow and drank all the water under it, and all day in in the hundred degree heat in Central California didn't have any water. And it just always as a student that reminded me check your automatic waters daily or twice a day, especially in, in really hot or cold because you know pipes could freeze things can freeze in there you know with that so
1: yep my uh my pasture is set up with a second water because i don't trust my automatic water yeah. not to freeze in this polar uh, vortex so i <laughs> i dragged out the heated tank so i have that backup and don't have to right. be worried that it will freeze if we get super cold weather and a lot of wind it is possible that it could freeze and we don't want that to happen
0: no that's great that's a great point it's a great point So just to kind of switch it up the last few minutes is, what are some of the behavioral changes that we see in horses during the winter?
1: So, you know, once horses have adapted to cold weather, there's maybe not huge behavioral changes, but... During that acute cold stress, they'll do things like huddle together, they'll point their butts towards the wind, and the other thing they'll do is actually change their eating patterns. So during acute cold stress, horses would naturally eat for longer periods of time and also eat more. And they're doing that in order to fulfill their energy demands. So that would happen in a free choice hay type situation. And actually, there was a pretty interesting study that really supports this thought. So it was done in December and January in Wisconsin. So it was definitely cold. And they looked at the impact that blanketing had on free choice hay intake. So these horses were healthy body condition, similar body condition. One group of horses wore a blanket, one group of horses did not. And what they actually found is those horses that wore blankets ate less hay, about 8% less, and they were offered free choice, so they weren't limited, than horses who were not wearing blankets. So those horses ate more hay. Their body condition stayed the same. So it really supports that idea that the horses without blankets were experiencing more cold stress, so they changed their eating behavior to consume more calories in order to maintain their body's homeostasis, and they didn't lose weight as a result. So I mean, the worst thing you can do is get into a discussion on blanketing on social (laughs) media, because people have, people have really, yeah, really strong opinions about this. But it does support the idea that maybe if you have a horse who's underweight, or an older horse, who's just a little bit more sensitive that something like blanketing does help them maintain their body temperature, which helps them conserve energy. So, you know, my horses are wearing their heavyweights right now, which is interesting because, again, it goes back to adaptation – I pulled out the heavyweight blankets at a higher temperature than when I lived in Minnesota. Cause those horses were better adapted to adapted. the cold. Yep. 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 So, you know, there's no perfect temperature that says this is when we should blanket a horse with this weight of blanket. Cause it depends on your environment. Um, but you know, that is definitely a strategy, particularly with those horses that are thinner, older, have health conditions that we can use to help them during the winter, particularly if you're already on free choice forage, and they're still experiencing cold stress, blanketing would be the next step to help them maintain their body temperature during those really cold snaps.
0: Oh, and it's in people too. I mean, you know, like I said, in Florida, I would go to the cold. I would be freezing where you in Minnesota would be like, oh, this is nice. You know, t-shirt weather where I have like three jackets on, you know, it's only, <laughs> it's only 40 degrees, but it, to me it would be freezing.
1: Yeah. And, and then, yeah, even individual horses kind of run mm-hmm. a little bit differently Kind of like people, like there was always that guy who was out like shoveling snow in his shorts. (laughs) I
0: know. His
1: temperature ran a little bit different than mine and there's (laughs) variation in horses as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So is there any other nutritional tips or things we should be concerned with feeding during the winter?
1: I think the big picture is just like any other time of year, you're looking to fill in the gaps that aren't provided by your forage. But as you change seasons, it's a good time to look at your program and make sure that you are filling in those gaps. So a horse that maybe maintain weight really well on the pasture, once he switches to hay, doesn't maintain weight as well. A ration balancer may no longer be the best feed for that horse because you need to feed more of concentrate product to maintain his energy. And at a certain point, it's not economical to add more ration balancer. So I think it's a good time to maybe look at the program and just making sure we're choosing products that make sense to fill in those gaps.
0: No, that's a great great point, uh, Nicole. And and just for our listeners, if you do have questions, always go to the show notes. There's a link. You can contact uh, the Tribute team They will definitely help you evaluate what you're feeding and offer any tips or advice uh, that you may need. For us, thank you so much for listening. If you're really enjoying these episodes, all we ask is if you can share this on your social media or to any of your other equine enthusiast friends, help us grow this so we can get this information out to the masses. And if you have time, a quick five-star review on iTunes, a quick little message in there will, again, help us in circulation. And then people that are searching for horse-related podcasts will start coming on their radar because, you know, all this information, it's just out there to help. You know, that's what Nicole and I, you know, we just want to help you as an owner and then also improve the lives of our horses. So, So thank you so much for listening.
1: Yeah, thanks and stay warm, everyone.